I quit my job. I just can't take this anymore. I know. I got to straighten out. This is ridiculous. Right. That's what you said last week. Well, you know, how much can you straighten out in one week? It hasn't been a week, John. It's been six months. Nothing's changed. And you, you sleep until noon, then you watch Rocky and Bullwinkle, and then you drive your cab, what, a couple hours? You come home and you order out food, and, and then you play those stupid Tito Puente albums until two in the morning. Tito Puente's gonna be dead, and you're gonna say, oh, I've been listening to him for years, and mm -hmm. I think he's fabulous. Right, right, and then you watch movies until dawn, and then, then you come to bed with me. You don't think that takes energy? You're a sexual dynamo. Most guys couldn't even handle you. I've been reading books on the outside just so I can keep up with you. It's not funny. You're going nowhere, John. It's just not that cute anymore. It's a little cute. Come on. I'm part of a lost and restless generation. What do you want me to do, run for the Senate? I don't know what I want. I just know that I don't want you. So the basic problem is that I'm still around. Where's that sharp knife we have? Anita! I need you. Oh, come on, John. I knew that wasn't going to sound good. Anita. No. Honey, John, no, it's not gonna work. Look, I like you, but I need something more. I need somebody who's gonna develop with me and somebody who's gonna grow with me. Goodbye. Grow? Who could Goodbye, grow more John. than me? Talk about massive potential for growth. I am the little acorn that becomes the oak. You can't go. All the plants are gonna die. And then depression set in. Everybody and welcome to the Nightfly. I am your host, Dave Juskow. Somebody is out there somewhere listening and taking care of me. 
and uh, being polite and nice and uh, coming together, the hashtag I stand by Juskow. Thank you so much, everybody. After last week's horribly depressing podcast, you'll be happy to know I am back. And I am uh, sorry, but what are you going to do? You know, you got to say what's going on. Somebody's out there somewhere for someone come their way. Right, so there it is. I didn't know how to start, so I was just cutting the music off. Uh, <clears throat> oh my God, I just, uh, my throat has been a mess lately. Well, uh, welcome to the show, everybody, and uh, I'm sorry if I um, uh, made you feel uh, bad for me or anything last week, but I uh, appreciate everybody's uh, wonderful um, reactions and and. and pleasantries over Twitter, and uh, I mean, I really, really, really do. In fact, I, I have uh, wrote some people's names down who have been nothing but nice, and you know, when you need support like that, Ali McGuffin, Artie Klein, Harold Malsom, Frank Anomaly, Gabriel Noel, Laura Sleeper, I mean, I can't thank you guys enough for being so polite, uh, Sandra, um, because, you know, it's nice to know. It's nice to know when you do a podcast out of your bedroom that people are listening and uh, appreciating being, and we're, and we're all in this together. So I'm not um, upset today. I mean, I'm upset today only because it's rainy and cold, and it would be nice to be a sunny day, as you know from Crimes and Misdemeanors. And the next day, the sun was shining. You were surrounded by family. Well, on Friday, whatever that date is, 9th? Eighth, I got fired. I got fired from my job of 19 years. I just rounded off to 20. I got fired on Friday around 12.20. Um, Joe Messina, um, the managing partner, and another guy came in the office, closed the door, and said, you're terminated, fucker. Just like in the movie. Uh, closed my computer down and uh, and uh, managing partner. Every, everybody was crying because it's sad. And it's all because of this horrible Negro. No, I'm kidding about that. It's all my fault. That's from Trading Places. But um, all because of this uh, girl. But the good news is she got fired too. And I cannot tell you how happy that makes me on a daily basis. Now, how's that for sticking it to the Me Too movement? That's right, because there was suspicious stuff that had to come out. Because, as it turns out, Dave Juskow is not a monster. He's just an idiot, or let's just say, a retard. And I say the word retard... Because that's not politically correct anymore. Because again, if you look at the SAT scores back in the 80s, when you would have, you know, genius level, intelligent, average, the next lower one is retard. That's what we used to call apparently people like me. 
Uh, now I, I'm, you know, I guess I'm on the spectrum. <laughs> the spectrum of idiocy. Ironically, I'm not in. I'm not in a a, a mood. I'm, not, I'm. I've been in a very good mood. I'll explain everything. Well, from the beginning, I guess where we left off last week when I was pretty in a pretty bad place. I think we can all agree on that. But on Monday, uh, I went to get a, a pedicure and a manicure with my nieces. <laughs> Which, again, you're just not going to hear from somebody who's te- technically a monster. Uh, and, you know, so me, Dory, and Liza, we went to get pedicures out in Jersey. Because what was I going to do? I, was, I had the day off. I was suspended. Told them everything. And uh, then when me and Liza were just getting manicures, because Dory didn't want one, then I, then the gossip begins. You know, because that's when you got to... You know, when you're getting a manicure or a pedicure, that's when the gossip goes. So what's the gossip? Then you can ask, I can ask Liza, so any boyfriends at school? You know, because that's when I'm allowed to ask, even as a young, you know, she doesn't want to tell me anything. But, you know, I mean, you can ask that if you're getting a manicure with your niece, then that's where you say, do you have any boyfriends? What's happening in school? That's like the only time that's cool. I mean, we were all kids. We hated when we had to explain to our grandparents what was happening. You can't be honest with your grandparents. Oh, my God. I, I drank an entire bottle of Jack Daniels. Everybody was screaming, do it, do it. Were you going to tell your grandmother that? You can tell your 80 old mother that? They're not going to understand that. Grandma, I got so high. I couldn't even believe it. They almost sent me to the emergency room. I was so high. <laughs> it was like college is crazy. You know, you can't tell your grandparents. That's why it's stupid. Get on your phone. Tell your grandmother what you're doing in school. It's all lies. No one can actually be honest. So what's the point of talking to your grandparents at all? Or your uncles and aunts. Except if you're getting a manicure or a pedicure together, that is where the gossip comes out. Let's face it. I used to get a pedicure uh, at a place near my office. And because all the girls in the office went there, I was allowed to gossip with the ladies giving them a manicure. I'm like, can you believe Alexandra said that? I mean, she's like, oh, well, listen, Alexandra comes in here bitching about everybody in your office all the time. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's when you're allowed to do it at the nail salon. And I have been doing that gossipy nail salon stuff since 1977. Yeah, since 1977. I mean, it's fresh out of Legally Blonde. How gay am I? That when I'm so upset, like Elle Woods was when she got kicked out of Holland Taylor's class, that I, I seeked, I sought, what is it, solace in a nail salon. <laughs> I'm laughing as I say, what's the matter with me? Oh my, I was just thinking, I didn't even think about that scenario until I just uh, was sitting here talking about it, but it's kind of funny. And here's what's been happening since then, I didn't you know, know what was going to happen at the office by then, but I was still obviously in a bad place. But it's like I go through, you know, phases. It's like somebody's dead. You know when somebody dies, you get upset, then you forget about it. Then you get upset again, realizing you're not going to, oh, man, it's setting in. I can't believe I'm never going to see that person again. And then you forget about it again, and it goes back. It goes back and forth. This is the exact same thing. So you have these highs where you're like, oh, I'm having a good time, and then all of a sudden... Holy shit, I just lost my job. I've been going to a job. I've had something to do to wake up for 
for 20 years. Okay, it's not the greatest thing. It's not what I dreamed about, but you know me. I, I've told you before, I, I loved my job. I enjoyed going to work every day. I probably was the only person there who couldn't wait to get to work. On Sundays, I'd get excited. I get excited. I actually got depressed because I wouldn't go in till noon. <laughs> I just like, come on, let's get to work. Let's get things going. But that's not going to happen anymore. So today, right now, uh, taping this at 1.30 in the afternoon on a Monday, this, this coming out May 14th, May 13th is actually the first day of the rest of my life. There's no way you can't say it. I mean, it is. When you've had a job for that long and then it's over, the, the, the first day, you know, this is the first day First day where it's sinking in and it's rainy and cold. Uncool, God. Uncool. Man, can't you just be cool for like two seconds? Uh so, so on when I went back to work on Tuesday, I'm so Jewy. I I'm like that um, guy in Casino who was keeping all the books, and then when he finally got caught, he had a heart attack right in the right in the store and fell down and died because the, the pressure and the stress was getting to him. Well, I'm so that way that I was so stressed and pressured, and who wouldn't be, you know, by not just because I'm getting fired because of uh, downgrading or whatever. I mean, you know, possibly getting fired for just the worst 2019 you know, possible reason, uh, how can you not be stressed? And all that stress went to my back and my back, like, I don't know, I moved the wrong way. My back went out so heavily that my legs started to go numb down to my toes and I had to go to the urgent care medical center. Like I went to work and then I had to leave to go get uh, medical care. Like I was like, should I go to the ER or I'll try one of these urgent cares because, you know, I don't have a primary doctor anymore because he charges, a, a, I told you, that um, concierge fee of $1,000. So I don't have a doctor anymore. So I went to the urgent care. And they're like, did you shit yourself? And I'm like, no. What the hell does that mean? They're like, oh, sometimes if it's what I'm thinking it was, you don't have any bodily function. I'm like, Jesus, it's a good thing I came here. But no, it's just some sort of, I don't know, sciatic nerve. Ironically, like some form of sciatica, which remember I had that in... It, my character had that in crashing, which is so embarrassing. And then when you say sciatica, even though you know you can get it at any age, it just seems like an old person thing. But I guess it was something like that. My toes are still numb, but I took some. Uh, they gave me some Advil and some muscle relaxants, which I didn't take because I went back to work. Uh, but listen, I mean, you know, back pain and all that kind of stuff is stress related for sure. And yeah. Can you blame me? You know, then Tuesday they they bought me in. I told my side of the story, and uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, my friend Caitlin was involved, but uh, you know, because she was part of HR now and stuff. But yeah, I mean, they were just the stuff I was telling them. They were like, "What? This goes on at the office?" And I'm like, "Yeah, dummies." Yeah, the managing partner was like looking at me, and I didn't even get to tell them half of the stuff. They only listened to some of it, the relevant stuff. Um, and then they said some other stuff. Now this stuff, I guess, so so on Wednesday, 
Marina and Rachel came over and we recorded a podcast. Uh, and I mean, I'm such a mess and not concentrating. I forgot to turn on the record button for the first like 15 minutes because I'm just not concentrating. And and it's and I haven't done that in three years where I've forgotten to turn on the, the damn button. I think since the hundredth episode where we taped a Tommy Bahamas where I forgot to press the record button. Um, but this time, because that's why people are like, I wonder, why is he looking at that? I'm like, always oh, looking at me. Like, Did I press the record button? Like, I'm so anal about it usually. Uh, but that didn't matter. Then me, you know, we, Marina was still here, but then she left, and then Rachel and I were talking. But after the podcast, Rachel's like, I don't think you should air that. Because I was going over stuff like Lenny Bruce does in, or Lenny, you know, in the movie Lenny, like Dustin Hoffman does, like Lenny Bruce, um, you know, did. Uh, during his trial, I mean, this is because I was saying this is this is the way it's going to be when I open for Sarah. I'm just going to be going through a, a transcript, a legal transcript, like he did in his later days. This is the criminal court, City of New York, Part Two B, County of New York. The people of the State of New York versus Lenny Bruce and Howard L. Solomon, defendants. Okay, and uh, Ella Solomon, for the honorable judges and blah blah blah, and this journey. Okay, now. By an information filed on April 3rd, 1964, the defendants, Lenny Bruce and Howard L. Solomon, were charged in two separate counts, giving an indecent performance in violation of Section 1148 of the Penal Law of New York. Now, that's the grand jury. That was the first bust. That's when the cop did the act for the grand jury, and they said it stunk, and uh, I got busted. The performance is and then a similar violation on April 7th. Beginning of the trial, motions are made to dismiss the information on... I mean, this is Lenny Bruce. I don't know if you know, but, like, at the end, you know, before Lenny Bruce died... He was just going crazy reading the transcripts on stage of his, uh, you know, convictions and, and or, you know, his arrests and stuff like that. I, I So I had all this stuff because they were asking for texts and stuff, all this stuff where, you know, this girl at the office was asking to go out all the time and stuff. And I was just reading through the text like a crazy. I was making fun. I'm like, I'm going to do I'm going to be like this. But then I was like that. And everything I was doing, which doesn't make for a very exciting podcast, I guess. And then there were other things that involved, like not me, but I'm saying the, the the words rape and and there were you know drugs and stuff like we were talking about with the other people were doing this stuff. And she's like, you know what, you're better off not airing this podcast just because I don't want to be a part of it. Rachel was saying this, and you know you shouldn't be a part of it. You should wait until you see what happens or whatever. And she's probably right. Um, I mean, because there's just so much other information that needs to come out um you know that i'm not sure how to handle it just yet because this is my first day off in 20 years you know besides a vacation day which you schedule and then know you're going back to work this is my first day off where i don't know what i'm gonna do with the rest of my life for 20 years so there is some, you know, like, so by Wednesday, I was kind of feeling okay in the sense, you know, even though financially it's going to be a major disaster, there will be a period of time that might be delightful and just not going to work anymore for a while. Of course, that'll wear off soon, I suppose. And, you know, the worst fear being having nowhere to go, don't having any plans, you know, when do you get out of bed? And that's why I was always afraid, you know, when I took that little hiatus uh, from my job, that's when I realized, geez, I'm always going to need a job because I, I just need a reason to get out of bed. 
And if I don't have a reason, it's not like I'm, you know, be disciplined into where like, yeah, I'll just start writing like around 9 a.m. or whatever. You know, it's like I'm just I don't have the discipline. I'm going to have to come up with that discipline. Well, it looks like I'm going to have to act like a man. For once in your life. Uh, so on Wednesday, I kind of pulled that scene from Casino when they're playing the uh, Jimi Hendrix song. And, you know, Robert De Niro's figuring out, maybe if I kill everybody, I can keep all the money to myself. It was one of those plans not to kill everybody, but a plan. I'm like, you know, if I do this and that, and then the music was playing as you zoom into my look, like, huh, yeah, maybe, maybe this could work out. You know, come to some form of acceptance. By Wednesday, I was pretty sure I was going to be fired. So I was kind of going around the office doing my farewell tour. Went to Tommy Bahamas. I was pretty sure it wasn't going to end well. And um, on Thursday, when, on Wednesday or Thursday, no, Thursday, I went to go see my uh, old boss, an attorney, at an, you know, managing partner at another firm and told him everything, asked him some advice. And we had a really nice time. But it was so funny. I went in his office. I haven't seen him in, I don't know, maybe 12 years and... I haven't worked for him in like 25 and I saw him and he had another associate in his office and he goes, oh, this is Dave Juskow. He is probably by far the funniest person I have ever met, except when he's on stage. It's funny that I've had that reputation my entire life. (laughs) I am a funny guy, but not professionally. No, 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 not can't put it together on stage. Why, you know, who would want to do that? (laughs) <laughs> why, why, why would you want to do that? I mean, that's what's, what a complete waste of time. But um, we had a really nice day together. And then that Thursday, I was like really being like, you know, I'm I'm accepting this. I'm assuming it's going to happen. But I wasn't sure. Like everybody told me, like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be so sure. But it happened. And Friday, uh, three guys came in my office Everybody was kind of in tears, except for me. I think because I was expecting, I was—I think I handled it pretty well. And I walked out like a man. And they're like, what do you want us to do with your stuff? I'm like, keep it. I got nothing I give a shit about in there. I mean, I don't know. I just like, I didn't want to walk out. I mean, did I want to walk out with a box and a plant in the box? Of course I did. Why do you think I played that that Stripes clip? You know damn well I wanted to walk out with that. You know, with this with this music playing in the background, I mean, please. How does that not play in the background when he leaves? In fact, I'm thinking of, so I actually went to 101 Park Avenue. Now, I you can look up, I am assuming, I have not done it myself, but if you look up 101 Park Avenue, you have seen that entrance in like every movie ever made. Whenever me, Joe, and Caitlin would walk by there for lunch, we'd always be like, you know what they filmed there? You know, like it's a joke because they filmed, everyone works in there. George Costanza works in there. 
Um, Lex Luthor's dad works in there in Gremlins 2. Uh, I, I, mean, I just can't think off the top of my head. There's, there's so many other things that they, the establishing shot is 101 Park Avenue. So I was sitting there on the sidewalk and I'm like, I need Memo to film me coming out of this place to make it official with the box and the plant with that music playing. And if I don't do that and show that all over town, then something's wrong with me. That's the place you have to get fired. It's, I'm going to pick two locations. There's another one. It's it's not 277 Park. It's uh, it's another one on Park Avenue that they also use where Nicolas Cage has been fired. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait and Scrooge. You'll recognize them all. As a matter of fact, yeah, what am I thinking? I'm doing it. I'll do it on, I, I just, I'll do it this weekend. I'm going to do it this weekend. I'm going to film myself walking out. I'm going to put that music to it. I'll get a better version. Although this version is kind of awesome. Right? <laughs> it's even sadder than the original version. And I have to film myself getting fired at these iconic Manhattan um, places. And, that, that, and therein will lie the funny. Uh, so I didn't want to carry anything. I didn't know. And I was heading home. And I'm like, why am I going home? Uh, my friend, uh, Caitlin from work called, who's, you know, 23. And she's like, oh, no, I just heard what happened. I heard, I mean, thank God. You know, it's like I'm saying. And then one of the 24-year-olds, like, texted. I was so glad that the young kids, a couple of them texted me because, you know, you feel like a monster, obviously. They know that the girl, you know, who made these claims is incredibly crazy, and and thank God they still wanted to keep in touch, you know, like because I was like very upset like that. I look like a very creepy old man, which I know I am anyway. I'm just saying. But then I was thinking about I've been creepy since I was 22. I've always felt like an old man. So there's nothing I can do about that. But I was just really glad everybody was like nice enough. Like they kept in touch through like Instagram and stuff. And then they gave me their numbers. And I was like, thank you so much. That means so much. It really, really did. And I met that girl, okay, and we just said, she's like, do you want to have lunch? I'm like, no, nah, I just want to sit down. We sat on the steps of that classic 101 park. I'm telling you, you got to look it up. You'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, everyone works there. Because that's where you want to, like, uh, you know, have a talk and be fired. Because it's re- it's like a movie set. And you, you pray, you're just thinking of it as a movie scene, but but it's real. And I'm like, yeah, so I walk back. I'm like, why am I going home? What am I going to do at home? It'll be, it, it'll be like the same situation as when my cat died. I'm like, I want to go back to that place. So you know where I went? What did I say last week? What did I tell you last week? You asked me to move out here, and I said, what did I tell you? I said, don't. I said, you're going to do whatever you do anyway. I said, don't move out here because of my kind of me. I'm doing the casino thing. I can't help myself. You know I got a problem. I, I, last week, I said the sun was shining. It was all from crimes and misdemeanors. He was surrounded by family. And then I said, I don't feel I have a family. I do not feel the connection when I'm with my sister and her family, I do not feel happy. I know. I talked to my mother about it. She feels similar. We feel like outcasts at their house. This has nothing to do. I I love my sister. I love her kids very much. You know, as much as we fight and I like to make fun of them. Everybody knows I, I care about them very much. But I just don't feel like a part of their family. I don't feel like they're my family for some reason. Who knows why? My mother feels similar. That's why we just don't feel comfortable in their house. Who knows why? Who knows why? Maybe it's Beth's fault. Maybe it's just the house. Who knows? We don't know. I'm not, we can't blame ourselves. 
of why we don't feel a certain way. But maybe it's something that somebody has done. Who knows? I don't know. I have no answer. I know my sister listens to this podcast. I feel horrible saying this, but I think she knows. But that's not her family. You know, it's not her fault. She's got her own. She's got her own family, son. She's got her own family. Uh, so where did I go? I went to the comedy cellar. My comedy cellar family. Well, I tell you, if I lose that, well, then that's end. That then you got to end it for real. Because then, what else is there? It's it's a place where all the misfits can go that are not just my age, but you know, been around. It's sad, it's depressing, but you know, you can go a place where everybody knows your name and laugh. Jesus Christ, I mean, seriously, what is better than that? What better kind of family is there? They care, they do care, and then they will give you shit for the rest of your life for it, which is awesome. So I went down and I saw Esty, maybe you've seen her on Crashing, I mean, she's the comedy booker there, and she was the only one there. And I told her the whole story. In fact, it was her. She's like, wait, you're coming out with the box of the plant? I mean, it was great. And I told her the whole story. And we were laughing. We were having a good time. And then Liz came in and we went to lunch. Liz, the manager there, who's been nothing but nice to me. And, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it was terrific. You know, they're like, Jessica, come on, have a beer. Have a, I'm like, yeah, I guess I can. You know, because even though I like drinking, I never do it in the daytime on a weekday. You know, unless I'm in California on vacation. I'm like, yeah, I guess I should. I, but I, I knew I didn't want to get drunk. I knew I didn't want to get drunk because I didn't want to hang have a hangover the next morning and wake up and be like, oh, my God, this is real. I really did get fired yesterday. So I just wanted to drink, but I did not want to get crazy. And I think it was a smart move. So I just had a, a bit of a drink. But, you know, I mean, it's also you're there. There's, you know, the way the staff is usually nice, except for, you know, they had the one girl that doesn't like me there, so. One thing, but that's all right. It's all right. But we're all laughing, having a good time. Uh, then I went to you know my bar down the street, and uh, you know my friend was working, which was great. I was surprised she was there in the daytime like that. And then Rachel and uh, you know my new and improved Caitlin, the young Caitlin, came down. They sat with me at the bar, uh, and you know, I you know it was the exact same scenario of when my cat died. Where did I go? I went to the goddamn cellar. I went to Shade. I mean, I guess that really is my family. It is the island of misfit toys down there. It's all it's people my age who never got married and they're you know they're successful. There's there's some that are uber successful like an Amy Schumer and stuff, and even a Tell in many ways. Well, I mean lots of ways, but you know what I'm saying. He doesn't understand, you know, that he's successful. So that's why I was counting him. But then there are the ones that do their job, that are professional comedians like me at my job, who, you know, just I don't even know whether they're looking to be famous anymore. They just, they're professional comedians. This is their job. This is their job. Uh, but they're all misfits and they're like my age and they're unmarried and they don't have kids. And thank God there's more people like me, you know. Things didn't work out, and and they did at the same time down there. I mean, that's even of a worse scenario, you know. But so, yeah, we hung out, and then so it was great because it it was raining, but it got sunny, and then it turned into a nice day, and then I walked my friend Caitlin home to the financial district, but by that time, I was ready to be by myself. Once, for some reason, when it gets darker, I'm starting to get depressed, 
uh, I don't know because I just or it just needs some time alone. Um, it seems that when it gets dark, it it just kicks in. But if it's sunny, you know, you feel like you know. I mean, that is a thing. If it's sunny, you feel like okay, I can do this. I can make this. I can make this work. But today is rainy and gloomy. That's all right. And then so then it was Saturday, and you know, all of a sudden, I mean, that was the day of the rest of my life. But it still felt like a weekend. So I went out to the diner with my friend Michelle, who also, you know, stays home all the time because she's an artist, and went to that diner. So I said, hey, listen, we better not go to the diner down the street, which has become way too expensive. Let's go to the cheaper one. But that diner turned out to be not as cheap either. I I mean, it sucks when you're just getting some eggs and I'm I'm paying, you know, $40 for eggs and a cup of coffee, which, of course, then you're saying... I don't know whether I'll be able to afford living in Manhattan anymore, which is really messed up, even though, you know, I wanted to move anyway, but kind of hoping to do it slowly, you know, like getting that place down the Jersey Shore and have it here and then like kind of phase myself out slowly, you know, for a year, try something like that. Now I can't do anything. Now it's just like, uh, it's just like the scene in, uh, in Casino. I'm sorry I keep going back to that, but it's like, I don't know why it keeps coming up and I don't know why I keep thinking about it. You know how we make the connections? I gotta know exactly what you said. Tell me what you said. Me? I said nothing. I said, I said no, no, no. Everything he said, I just kept saying no. I told you this was fucking dangerous. Remember I said, Ginger, this is a dangerous situation. Be very careful. You fucking yes me to death. It's so fucking dangerous, and why don't you kill him? Well, I kill him? Well, shut the fuck up. What do you know what you're talking about? Oh, well, I'm not then have me. him killed and get it over hey, with. Hey, don't be such a fucking smartass, will you? I know the fucking guy 35 years. I'm going to fucking whack him for you. What a fucker. I knew this. I knew it. What about my money? How the fuck am I going to get your money now? You think he's going to give you fucking money? Are you out of your mind? Look what you did to this fucking guy. If you would have just kept your fucking mouth shut. Ah, what the fuck is the use? I should have never got I mean, that's it. How the fuck am I going to get your money now? How the fuck am I going to pay for that hand now, you motherfucker? Yeah, I mean, think about that. Oh, boy. Still paying off that hair that still hasn't come in yet. Still think the guy's a quack. Boy, am I in deep shit. All that tax stuff that happened all at the same time. It's exciting now. You cannot deny the excitement. I'm in a financial crunch. It's like gambling. It's like gambling. It's the high I get from gambling. I am in deep shit from gambling also. And yet, you know, you go to this place where I'm like, all right, how am I going to work this out? How am I going to work this out? This is exciting. Anybody that says something like that that feels this way is obviously insane. Well, I got a real problem. Wow. That's even worse. I'm like looking forward to being broke. Because it's like a, it's a puzzle. It's a fun puzzle to figure out. How am I going to work this out? Can you imagine getting excited over this? How am I going to work this out? This is the fun. This is the fun to me. Am I somebody, how am I not on the spectrum? That's an insane person's thinking. And I love every minute of it. You know, except when it gets dark. And then I'm like, what the hell am I thinking? How is this fun? What am I, an idiot? I better win the lottery. But then the sun rises again. Hey, this is all going to work out. You'll see. Boy, that is a crazy lunatic. I've never heard anyone talk like that before. 
So anyway, on Wednesday, I was feeling better. I was so glad Rachel and Marina came over. It really made me feel great. And then Rachel and I had a little dinner, and then she left. I was like, you know, I was like, she was here. and <clears throat> it's, it, it is very much like a, a shiva call. I want people here. I want to be surrounded by people. And then at certain points, I have to be alone with my thoughts and figure out the plan. When meanwhile, I know when I'm alone, I'm not going to figure out anything. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to, you know, <clears throat> sorry. I'm not going to, damn it. I'm getting all choked up. But it's okay. It's okay. I'm just taking a sip of water. Because mm. I had delicious coffee this morning. Um, I'm not going to, I lost my train of thought. It doesn't matter. Anything I was saying was stupid. Uh, anything that guy says, everything that guy said was bullshit. Thank you. It's Joe Pesci Day here on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, but it's like, you know, I'm not, oh, not going to sit there like putty when he's just staring at the, uh, when he's on the airplane, just staring at the thing. You know, there's also an episode, which I think is the backwards one or whatever. No, no it's where uh, Kramer gets the uh, food processor in his bathtub. Where they just show Putty sitting at his couch at home and then the phone rings, but he's sitting there for a good five seconds just staring into space. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit there like that actually thinking about it. I'm just going to go home and watch TV. I'm going to have to throw out that TV if I'm going to get anything done. But I'm still good about turning it off sometimes, although I still don't do anything after. Then I'll go into the kitchen. I'll eat something. I'll turn it back on. That's something I've been trying to think about. I got to go grocery shopping and like make food. I, even though everything out here is so expensive, but I got to find a way to like cook for like a week for lunch and dinners because uh, I can't keep ordering in, right? That's what people do. Is that what normal people do? If you have a job, you can order in. I'm going to have to cook something. I get a feeling I'm going to lose some weight. I mean, not yet, not after this weekend, but uh, nor I mean, I think I will because now I'm not going to have to go to lunch every day. Like, I, whenever I go with Joe and Caitlin, we always ate heavy, really heavy. Except on Wednesdays, on Shrimp Parm Wednesdays, I think I can still go to Park Italian Gourmet. Mm. But going there every day or Chinese food or whatever it is, the horrible lunches I eat, maybe maybe I can, maybe now that I, you know, it's just when you, you go out for an hour because you want to go out for an hour and then you end up eating because there's nothing else to do, maybe I don't need to eat so much. I don't know. Thinking of everything. Anyway, on Thursday, you know, I went back to work and uh, I was in a pretty good mood for some reason. And I was going to see Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. I'm not saying it again. No, it's too scary. Who knows what will happen? Well, I'm not going to do it. And I was like, you know, and I was on a a date. I mean, I, I made it clear it was a date. I... I don't know how I could have missed this one. Now, meanwhile, I didn't want to be on the date. I mean, I wanted to be on the date because I like this girl, but I, I didn't want to be on a date. I didn't want to go see the musical. You know, this was not the time. If it was a week later, two weeks later, you know, maybe. But this is just a bad week. And uh, I got a lot of my mind. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to enjoy this. I, I don't know. I'm nervous. I'm definitely, you know, I'm terrified of being with a girl at this point. Uh I, you know, I'm so afraid to do anything. I don't think anyone would blame me, but I wasn't in a bad mood. I was accepting that I was probably going to get fired. I just was kind of hoping it was happening Friday and not Monday and looking forward to the rest of my life, whatever that is. So I was in a good mood. So, um, yeah, we went to see, and I went with this beautiful girl, 
so beautiful. I mean, so beautiful. She knows how to pull up. She pull, uh, you know, pull up. She knows how to pull off wearing a hat. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's cool. If you can rock a hat, that's pretty cool. Like when a man rocks that, like Jeff Ross really can rock a hat, actually. I mean, it's kind of cool. I don't think I'm one of those people. But when somebody can pull it off, I mean, she looked amazing. And it turns out she knew the girl playing the Catherine O'Hara part in the movie. So we were able to go backstage. It was terrific. Uh, Yeah, it was really great. And uh, before I went there, I talked to my friend Rich Duffy. You know, he he lives in California now, and you know we had a nice talk. So I was like feeling good about it, and uh, you know, while I was waiting for her to show up, you know, how the you know how the Daves are, right? They're always late, right? <laughs> Why are we always waiting for them? <laughs> you know, right? This, like Dave's always late. They got to put on the makeup and shit, right? <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> so I was talking to him. So I was feeling much better, and we were having a few laughs. You know, friends. Obviously, you know, you know, you feel like you have no friends sometimes, like a day like today. It's rainy and cold, everybody's working, but you do, or you hope you do. And these friends, whether they live close or far, get you through this kind of stuff. Sometimes I can talk to people, sometimes I can't. My friend Lawrence tried to call me today. I just can I just can I'm not in the mood right now, but I will be very much in the mood to talk to him later. I've been trying to get in touch with Sarah. I mean, she called me back, but I, I wasn't ready. Yeah, I, I got to be ready to tell the story again. You know, you tell it multiple times. And let me tell you something, folks. Let me tell you this. This story is so juicy, it's beautiful. If you want to get fired, you want to go out in a blaze of glory. If you've been working in a place 20 years, you want to go out in a blaze of glory, and that is how I went out. Uh, I am reminded of the Simpsons episode where, like, where Marge goes to Homer, Homer, maybe you can get your old job back. <laughs> Not the way I left. <laughs> maybe if you apologize you can get your old job back <laughs> not the way i left oh goodness gracious um good times anyway uh the, she shows up and we see the movie the play and i gotta tell you i gotta tell you folks here's the review after all this nonsense beetlejuice is great it's great and ironically the songs and lyrics are written by that, I, I was going to say that same idiot who wrote King Kong, which was the worst play I've ever seen. And yet this, it's funny, uh, you know, you're not singing songs afterwards or anything, which you like, but there wasn't one clunker in the show. It was all very nice. It was good. The songs were super fun. I remember a lot of them, like not the lyrics and stuff, but I kind of remember like the opening song called like uh, the whole dead thing. Uh, great. The guy who played Beetlejuice was terrific. The girl who played Lydia was, I didn't think she was that great, but um, you know, it's good enough. Um, Lydia's the girl, right? Right. And uh, the, the woman who played the Catherine O'Hara part was terrific. And that I was so glad that was my friend's friend. Uh, and it was so cool to go backstage, watch, look at a couple of the special effects that are, you know, it was, uh, it was exciting, you know. I was wearing a jacket, you know, like with the white shirt, right, the collar out, you know, because I'm an old, I'm a gentleman. I dress up for the theater, as did she. Now that's awesome, because you know sometimes I I bring girls to the theater, they don't seem to get it, and they call themselves actresses. You don't dress up for the theater if you're an actress. How are you not dressing up for a night at the theater? I think $200 a ticket, 
demands dressing up a little bit, a little bit. Talking about looking nice. One of the girls I took wore, wore sweatpants. I'm like, this, this is it? This is what I get? She must have known I got the tickets for free. Not this time, I'm saying, but the other time. You know, when me, Vincent, and Larry Moss go to the theater, the three of us, we usually wear blazers. We wear a blazer because we're gentlemen. You know, I, I've talked about this before. You want to you want to wear a blazer when you go to the theater and, uh, you know, when you're flying on a plane. You should always dress up. <laughs> you know, the only time I wear a jacket and tie is on an airplane because I'm a gentleman. <laughs> and it just makes me so angry when I see people flying in such horrible clothes. I actually do dress up, like kind of. I don't wear a jacket and tie, but... When I see people just wearing shorts and T-shirts, I don't know why that drives me insane. I don't know why anybody would want to be in shorts on a plane. I don't know what's happening in those chairs. It's disgusting. Why a man would. If a woman wants to, it's completely acceptable. Because I'm a pervert, as everybody knows now. Now it's, you know, written in stone. But, uh, yeah, I got to say, it was um, it was good. You know I mean? You know, it's a, you know, I don't know. I really like. It. Is it Dear Evan Hansen? And quite frankly, Dear Evan Hansen isn't Dear Evan Hansen because, but it was all that performance. No, but it certainly was totally worth. It. I got to say, if you had to pay, I you know I paid like a hundred dollars less on a discount. I didn't know anybody or anything. This is also the guy that's directing Sarah's show, and so I'm going to say good for her if she's got Adam Schlesinger writing the music and this guy directing and that guy that wrote significant other writing. Her show should technically be the greatest Broadway show in the history of Broadway. Because now we're talking about three people where I was blown away by what they were doing in three different categories, music, directing, and book. And I have seen now each one of them do something else, and it's kind of been spectacular. And let me tell you something about this Beetlejuice show. If you're in New York, I highly, highly recommend it. It's not like you're going to leave there being like, what the f-? You know, like... It, it's good. It, it's good enough. You know, it's great. It's fun. You're coming in, especially if you're coming in from out of town, it's fantastic. And if you know the movie, it's fantastic. They go a different direction, which is good, but they do all the points you want. All Everything you need, if you know the movie Beetlejuice, you get in this you know they get all the points it makes everybody happy they hit everything remember how we were talking about pretty woman oh wait let me see if i'm recording yes uh <laughs> uh remember we're talking about pretty woman and how they do the the engagement uh nothing the, the um jewelry scene you know the box the classic legendary one close the box she laughs um and it didn't work in the play it was forced and clearly forced so it didn't work at all because you're waiting for it because it's the one thing in the movie they must do in the play if you're making a musical and Pretty Woman, they have no choice, where I'm sure they would have liked to not done it because it doesn't fit. But what are you, nuts? This is something Larry David would even get and be like, oh, it doesn't fit, but Larry. He's like, yeah, no, no, I know, we have to do it. Um, so with all this, you know, the, you, you know the points I'm talking about, and I don't want to spoil it for you, but they got it all, and it was great. And I got to say, I paid $100 left, but I would have paid uh, the $190 a ticket for it. It was that good. I mean, that entertaining. You could use a buddy. 
don't you want a pal? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Girl, the way I see it, your daddy should be leaving and you should stick around and kill him. What? Nothing. Revenge is not as fun and believe me, it is fun if you're not there to claim the scalp. And I can be so... Gross, well, creepy, what? ugly, hey. disgusting. Well, sure, but more importantly, the point is I can help. I'm in your corner. I don't want you in my corner. And I can be the worst. No, the best. No, the worst. We can be a team like the world has never seen, but you gotta free me first. So, lady, I don't off yourself. Just stop yourself. I can help you stay in the game. Together we'll exterminate, assassinate. No, the finer points can wait, but first you gotta say my name. I don't know your name. Well, I can't say it. How about a game? Of charades. Yes, let's play it. Two words. Okay. Second word. Right. Drink. No. Beverage. No. Wine. No. Juice. Yes. Okay. First word. Okay. Bug. No. Ant. Close, but no. Beetle. Yes. Beetlejuice. Wow, I'm impressed. And all you gotta do is say my name three times, three times in a row. It must be spoken unbroken. Ready? Yeah. Okay, go. About your offer, let you know that I prefer my chances down below. Oh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, being young and pale doesn't mean that I'm an easy mark. I've been swimming with piranhas, I don't need a shark. Yes, life sucks, but not that much. Okay, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, be a dawn, spare the lecture. I'm offering you a full time specter. Are you any good? You betcha. Trust me, baby. I just met you. Really, it's a flattering offer. Don't you want to see Dad suffer? I mean, that was fun, right? I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, what are you expecting? You know, that's better than half of the shit we hear all the time. It's a good way to do the bit. You know, I mean, you know, that was going to be a musical number. I mean, that's the, you know, they probably have points. Well, we'll make that a musical number. We'll make, uh, you know, when they get married, a musical number. You know, I mean, all that kind of stuff. Well, that was that was the worst part, actually. Um, I, the last musical number when she gets married. Um, is called Creepy Old Guy. Well, that was all I needed to hear. <sighs> but it, you know, worked. But it was fun. I got to say, it was very uplifting. I, I didn't think about my job the whole time. I was just thinking I was there with, um, a, you know, a, a very pretty lady. I mean, gorgeous, stunning. Uh, you know, even like if it wasn't a date, it would be, or whatever it was, it was great to just even be seen with anybody that looks like that. And she was completely enjoying the show, you know, and she said, and she got it. And she she was a pleasure to be around. I mean, uh, I had a really nice time and a really necessary nice time that I needed to have. And, you know, then we went to this like speakeasy place that was like really fun. We had a really nice night and I totally needed a nice night because the next day I got fired from my job of 19 years. So crazy, right? I mean, it's almost like that September 11th all over again. On September 10th, 2001, I had such a great night with the beautiful girl. I came home being like, boy, that was great. 
I, I'm so happy. And then, and then the whole world fell apart. No, we didn't. Me and that girl didn't talk again for like two years because everything just fell apart. So, but so that happened again. Technically, I mean, you know, you get fired from a job uh, for twenty years. That's that's your mini nine eleven. Uh, you know, it's nine eleven inside. You can hear the, the the towers crumbling inside your heart. It's a strange way to put it, but I'm sure you understand what I mean. Um. Because, you know, technically it's just a bad day, but you're the only one that knows. It's not like September 11th where everybody, everybody's involved. I'm sorry, now I was thinking about September 11th. <laughs> what a fucking horrible time that was. Um, uh, yeah, I was just thinking if I wanted to tell you something else, but I'll, I'll wait on that. But, um, yeah, so I, uh, so then on Saturday... I was just sitting at home, went to the diner, and then I went to a birthday party for a friend. Oh, I'll tell you, maybe you saw it online or something. If you're looking, I don't know, and somebody put it on Facebook. Boy, do I look great. I don't know how old these people are, but there's a picture of me and three other people, and I'm like, boy, I look terrific. Boy, am I young. <laughs> oh, boy. And I'm probably older than those people in the picture. Boy, I am a handsome fella. If you know what picture I'm, if you've been looking on Facebook, you're, oh, boy. I'm not mentioning any names. But it wasn't that girl's birthday. It was some other girl. And I hung out to like three in the morning there. I didn't expect that. My friend Irene called me. We met, you know, Irene Bremis, and we met early. We had some some drinks, and she's like telling me, you, here's what you got to do for comedy. You got to be comedy. This is what you'll do when you open for Sarah. Do this bit. Do that bit. Everybody's being real nice. And then I went there, and I saw Leo Allen. I don't know if you know who he is. He used to be on the team Slovin and Allen. It was so good to see him. And he, he was married, and I totally did the... Brian Coughlin thing, you know, from Cocktail, like, you're married? He's like, married, but with a kicker. She's got millions. You're married? I don't think that girl has millions, but apparently I I was the last person he talked he talked to before he met her at Sarah's rooftop party. I was so happy for him. And she was delightful. And Leo Allen is just the absolute best. And I like him so much, and he's so nice, and it was so nice to see him, and it, I was having a really good time, because that was the day I was going to get drunk, and I decided, yeah, I'm going to go for it tonight, and I hung out with, it was my friend Debbie Shea's birthday, and I met her sister for the first time, they came from Boston, her friend, and we all like hit it off, and just the four of us, until three in the morning, were like dancing at this bar, These got, this band was unbelievable, they were just doing covers, I could have just as well have been at the Jersey Shore, but I was like singing and dancing and really just having a good time. And and then, you know, I had to go to New Jersey because my, my sister's that stupid version of Newsies, the, the worst musical. Uh, she had to do a matinee. So for Mother's Day, we had to be at, you know, New Jersey at 9 o'clock in the morning. So after that bar, I had to go get my car and drive to Jersey. I slept in the Garden State Parkway parking lot. Because I didn't know how I was going to get in. But if I went home, I never would have made it in time. So I slept in the parking lot on the on the, on the parkway. Because I had to use their bathroom. And then I was just like, let me just sleep here overnight. So we, like, it was like, I'm telling you, where, where's that music again? Let, let's, let's go with this again. 
I mean, you just get fired from your job and the next night you're sleeping in your car? I know it's cliche, but... I mean, it's like it was so crazy when you thought about it. I mean, I probably would have done the same thing whether I'd gotten fired or not. But it just, you know, with the firing, that just makes sleeping in your car just perfect with that playing in the background. And, you know, so then we went there and I was, you know, obviously hungover. And it's so funny when you think about, if you think about your life as being in a movie like I often do, this is the way I think of things, obviously. Uh, You know, when I'm sitting there at the table eating the pancakes and having kind of a hangover, what I can't believe is that only five hours ago, I was singing and dancing on the bar. You know, like, I mean, you know, it's like you're just like, you know, you can't believe you were so active only hours ago. It wasn't like it was a week ago or anything like that. It's just kind of funny, especially being older, that you're still doing that. Um, But uh, that was okay. And then, you know, it was also another crappy day. And then we took Rhoda out to uh, Bed Bath & Beyond and she uh, picked out a new frying pan. I mean, that's a, you know, hey. But I went with my nieces and it was okay. But, you know, then I got to the point where we were in the store and I'm like, okay, I need to be alone again. I need to process this again because I'm going to be alone. So whatever, you know. And then when I was alone, I'm like, God, I wish there was somewhere to go. But I'm like, now nah, let me just go home. I don't know what I got. I got to start my life. You know, it's just like I'm avoiding. I'm like, should I go home and just do the podcast or whatever? And I'm like, no. I think it's more significant to do the podcast on a Monday when I would normally be at work. So, yeah, I woke up this morning. Like, I took another, you know, muscle relaxant last night. Not on purpose because I needed it. Uh, but I guess it made me sleep pretty damn well. And I slept till like, 1130 because not. I wasn't even tossing and turning. I was exhausted. I could have slept later. But I'm like, if I sleep later, this is bad. You know, I don't don't get in this habit. That is when depression will kick in, even though it's a miserable day. So I I got up and I, I watched uh, last week's episode of Barry on HBO. That's when I used to watch it on Monday afternoons. And then went downstairs, went outside, got something to eat, got a breakfast wrap and some coffee and said, all right, let's. So here's the other thing, folks, and this is so messed up. But, like, you know, you're thinking of all this stuff. I don't have an email address anymore. They, I, for 20 years, I've just been using my work account for everything personal, everything. It was just easier. You know, I have an old AOL account. And now I have a Gmail account, which obviously now I'm going to put into use. Um, yeah, it's Dave Juska at Gmail. I mean, I, you know, it's not going to be hard to find. It's like I, my friend Lawrence... Once he was looking for, um, he was looking to, I think I've told you this before, but it's worth a thing. He was looking to do an email, um, uh, what do you call it, a, a, a story, an article. He was doing an article. He used to write for Variety Magazine and, um, you know, one of those p- publications. And he was looking to do an article on Roman Polanski. And he was using all of his contacts to just get an email, because, you know, the guy's reclusive and doesn't come to the U.S. The first Me Too guy. Um, but with good reason in his case. Um, and, 
yeah, after all this recourse, it turns out his uh, email address was rpolanskyataol.com. <laughs> so I always think when somebody has their like real email address, you know, it's like, oh boy, you made it really tough on me. Uh, I never would have thought that. But yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a regular. I don't. I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm very confused. Anybody that was going to email me with anything interesting, you know, like I. You know, like I sent that email over to Conan O'Brien and then Netflix and stuff. Nobody knows how to reach me now. I mean, I'll take care of that. But boy, that was something I didn't even think of. And then, of course, I'm thinking of health insurance. Um, you know, I take a pill every day for my uh, thyroid, you know, which I don't know whether it's real or not. But I've been taking it for a couple of years. I take a pill every day. Now what? Um I don't know, stuff I've never had to think about because remember when I sat this job, I was in my 30s. Um, you know, nobody has medical conditions in their 30s. You don't need a doctor in your 30s. I, boy, this, it, then, you know, then all of a sudden it gets scary and real, obviously. But we all know it's, it's going to work out, right? I'm scrappy. I'm scrappy, right? I mean, come on. Stuffy, why not? Okay, listen. I like it. We could dance together. That's it. We could just dance together and uh, nothing more, nothing personal. I don't want you coming on to me. Uh-huh. Why not? Because I don't think guys like you anymore for one thing. You're too young, you haven't got any class, and yeah, I'm smash. sick of strip-off guys ain't got their shit together. Oh, come on, it's easy to get your shit together. All you need is a salad bowl and a potato masher. Would you like to know what I do? It's not necessary. I'll tell you what I do. I work in a paint store, and I got raised this week. Right. You work yeah. in a paint store, right? Yeah. You probably live with your family, you hang out with your buddies, and on Saturday night you go and you blow it all off 2001, right? That's right. You're a cliche. You're nowhere. On your way to no place. Well, isn't she just the rudest person ever? But, uh... Why not? But I don't know. I mean, what happens now? I don't know. I mean, uh, the last email I uh, gave to uh, Gilbert and Frank to, um, you know, do the podcast together, that's that's the last email address I have. I don't think they gave any forwarding emails. So I don't know. You know, I mean, that's something I got to figure out. I don't think they're giving a forwarding email. So it's kind of a bummer too. It's not like anything big was going to happen for it. It would be hilarious if some today, like somebody like some casting agent that I hadn't talked to in 20 years was like, hey, are you still at this address? There's an, there's an open audition today if you want to. I mean, that would be epic, but I'm sure that happened like hours ago. But I don't know. You know, I guess I'll, I'll figure it all out, but I, I don't know. Does this mean the, the podcast changes? Does it mean, what does it mean? What does it mean? I don't know. I know me, Rachel, and Marina were planning on doing a, a more uplifting podcast next week. So I'm hoping that's still happening. And then, of course, we're, we'll be taking our break soon uh, for Memorial Day, I guess. I don't know. I still have a show coming up on June 4th, but uh, at the Comedy Cellar, I don't know if I hope tickets are on sale already. I haven't checked. I've been preoccupied. Rachel and I were doing a scene from uh, 
working girl the other day. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been working on this thing for 36 hours straight trying to put this thing together. I got a progress meeting, my, the head of my department. Now, where the hell exactly are we? Don't yell at me. Hey, answer me. You, you go and set up at this meeting. Uh, no, how am I supposed to calm down? One lost deal is all it takes to get canned these days. Look, the line buttons on my phone all have an inch of little pieces of tape piled on. The names of new guys over the names of old guys. Good men who aren't at the other end of the line anymore, all because of one lost deal. I don't want to get buried under a little piece of tape. Okay, so I've been in a little bit of a slump. I'm not afraid to admit it. There it is. Look, give me a break here. Don't go leading me on. If, if you got some doubts about me, say it in my face. Give me that much. You know, you, you need me on this. You need me at that meeting. I don't know why I feel like that, uh, that's talking to me now. I don't know why, because there's nothing to do with a meeting or anything. I think it was just good men written over the names of... Old, new men written over the names of good old men. Uh, I don't know what to say. All I know is uh, sooner or later, I will give you the whole story. And uh, let me tell you, it's juicy. It is juicy, but... That firm could be in big trouble if I choose to disclose everything I know, which is a lot of crap. I mean, if they were shocked at the stuff I was telling them then. But right now, let's just all relax. Everything's cool. Um, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not mad. You know, I'm not even mad at that girl. I feel sorry for her. I was happy she got fired because I don't want to go down on my own. But I feel bad for her. I mean, the whole time when everybody's like, don't go out with her, don't go out with her. I always felt bad for her. She had no friends. I've heard through the grapevine that it was a setup, that I was set up by her, that it was clearly a setup. I'm surprised at that, though. I was really actually trying to help. Uh, maybe I got caught up in the moment, but she had no friends. I felt bad for her. Isn't that funny? You know me. I like holding grudges. I enjoy, uh, uh, you know, other people's pain sometimes. For some reason, I feel no ill will towards anybody. I'm not mad. At I mean, I'm mad that they, I'm upset that they fired me, that they just didn't take all the dedicated time and effort I put into that firm and everything that was done was done outside the office. And I'm upset that they would take some people, because she was conspiring with somebody else, people that have worked there one year on their word instead of somebody who's worked there 20 years. But it's all right, you know? I mean, because maybe, I don't, I've told you, I, I was never going to leave there. And this is the only way it could have gone down to give me a shove to perhaps do something. And here's the funny thing. And this is, a it's funny literally and figuratively. When I was at the diner with my friend Michelle, I was trying to explain to her, and I know I've talked about this a hundred times, but the fact of the matter is when people are saying, you should do this, you should do that. And my friend's Joe, you know, he says, I think you should move to LA. I think you should get a buyout on your place, move to LA. You have so many contacts, but he doesn't understand. It's not his fault. My friend doesn't understand. You know, it's like, it just... You guys know my life looks like, you know, from behind the scenes, it looks amazing. It looks like I have all these contacts and stuff, but I know the contacts I have <clears throat> and they're not very helpful. I just know a lot of people, but for some reason, you know, I can't help myself. Why wouldn't I want to help myself? 
all this time before that. And the reason I got this job in the first place is the last time I was in L.A. in 2000 trying to live out there. Who it did not end well. I know I'm older and maybe wiser, even though I'm doing the same shit, so I don't even know if I can say that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, and I don't think moving out there is the answer. I mean, that place is depressing unless you're working. Then it's a paradise for adults. If you have a job, if you have money, it's the only place to go for adults. It's a it's an adult playground. Everybody just hangs out. Perfect weather all the time. There is something to it. But if you're out there struggling, it's a nasty place. You're only just going past all the places you want to be working at. All the billboards you see of your friends and all that kind of stuff. And if you can't achieve that in six months, man, you just get, it's depressing. Even though right outside my window, there used to be a big picture of Jim Gaffigan on the tram. What's there? That's the Pikachu movie. Now to the left, a huge sign of the Pikachu movie coming off the Queensboro Bridge. Fortunately, I don't know anybody in that one, so I'm not friends with Ryan Reynolds, as it turns out. But I'm sure I will be soon. I asked Paul Rudd if he could get me a job, and he said no. What an asshole. I'm kidding. I did not. I did not ask him. But here's the thing. Here's what I was going to say. And this is kind of interesting. Now, you guys know I've never liked stand-up comedy. But the fact of the matter is, even today in the 90s when it was so sick in the sense of like, boy, that will get you everything. It's a fact that if I did become good at it, it would get me everything I need to, that I want. It's still that thing because, you know, you're... You're doing it every night. There's always going to be somebody there where it works out. So I was thinking, why don't I make my goal? And I, you know, and here we are again. And I'm like, oh, do I go back into stand-up comedy? I mean, it seems to be working out at this point. It's kind of interesting. Even Attell said to Liz, like, why don't you give him a week in Vegas? So it's like, it, it just keeps, obviously, you know, I can't get out. The fact that Sarah out of the blue just says, I need you to open for me. Oh, two weeks before I got fired? Everything pushes me in that direction, even though it's not my favorite form. But then that first night, I actually talk about myself and it works for the first time when I know full well telling these stories I have told you through the podcast, and maybe it is the podcast that has completely maybe moved me to this other career in stand-up, a second chance because I'm being as honest on the podcast as they should be on stage, which for some reason I just chose never to be, and I don't know why, and will never be able to know what it was that I don't want to tell people on stage my life, but I don't mind telling you guys in this microphone that reaches even more people than one theater stage would do, being honest and telling you my story. I mean, it's weird. But it's something, and, and if I could piece together those first seven minutes and then come up with three more, maybe I'm on my way into doing something really fun and really cool. And if I could talk the way I talk to you guys on this podcast on stage, let's face it, I'm going to be huge. <laughs> I mean, these stories, no one has them. This is like when uh, they took Kramer's stories and put them in Peterman's book. 
I mean, no one has these stories. I mean, these these are these. Uh, I mean, again, it, you know, when I when I reveal everything, I mean, this is juicy. And uh, it's so funny that Rachel's down at the cellar again, saying, "Here's what happened at Just Gown." People are crying, laughing. <laughs> so if she's able to tell the stories about me, and people are crying, laughing, why shouldn't I tell them? Except for me, I was always assuming the audience would just think I'm lying, because who has stories like this? No one. I mean, some people probably have them, but I mean, when you're 50 and you still have these ridiculous stories you're supposed to have when you're 12, it's kind of hilarious. You know, there's this man child we saw uh, on stage the other day. He's all right. So that's the thing. I don't know. What do you think? Make my goal that somehow I can actually do stand-up on The Tonight Show? Wouldn't that be interesting? By, I don't know. Do I say this time next year? No, I, I got to do it by. Uh, I got to do it by the end of the year. I better hurry up. <laughs> I don't know how much time I have before I have to get another job. I don't. I don't have money, but I guess I'll just take out whatever's left in my four hundred one k for now, right? Because I don't. I certainly don't have enough in my four hundred one k to live. You know, even if even if I retired at this time, it wouldn't be nearly enough. So I got to start over. I got to start from scratch anyway. So why not? See if I can get something out of that, whatever it is. Maybe a, like ten grand or whatever. I don't know. And uh, you know, pay a couple months' rent. Try something else. I I have to start over. I cannot live on on being retired. I didn't, even though I've been there twenty years. I didn't put enough in. I was taking stuff out. I'm an idiot with money. Everybody knows this. So I was going to have to, something big was going to happen if I wanted to continue living. And I know everybody has the same issues financially. But now it's so funny living in this building this long a time. There's so many people in this building who don't work. But I know where they get their income from. Either somebody's parents died or, or they got divorced and got money. Well, that ain't me. If I told my friend Lee's father died and I asked him if he had left me anything in the will and he said, no, there's actually a clause that says uh, do not give Dave Juskow, Lee's friend, any money because he knew about my uncle's will. Which uh, Irene says I should talk about on stage and I guess I should, right? I mean, it's funny to talk about that, how I was going to go, I wanted to go defecate on his grave or to def- deface his grave. Well, maybe that would come, but I, I can't see doing that in front of people. I wanted to pee on his grave, which sounds horribly morbid, but let's face it. I mean, again, if you actually see it in print where it says, we don't consider Dave Juskow our nephew, I mean, fuck you. So I organized the Juskow's 11, and we get caught because he's buried in Fort Knox, trying to break into Fort Knox, and they're like, we got you now, motherfucker. We got you. You're Are you guys that stupid? You're trying to steal the gold out of Fort Knox? I'm like, there's gold here? No, we just wanted to pee on my uncle's grave. Wait, how much gold was here? Bum, bum, dun, dun. No, no, that's the full house music. Wait, there's gold here? Anyway, uh, you know, let's look at this as... Um, a very life-affirming podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll hold off on the suicide for now. 
and and hope that by tomorrow when the sun is shining and the weight is lifted and he's surrounded by his seller family that he prospers the uh the incident is attributed to somebody else at the firm uh he already had so many citations what's another one i mean that that's 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 my story in crimes and misdemeanors so let's look at it as life affirming maybe something good is going to happen from this maybe maybe we'll move on maybe we'll we'll be able to do what we've always wanted to do maybe it can still all work out the good news is i was just reading the paper today that they canceled fam cbs canceled fam Happy Together, Life and Pieces of Murphy Brown. Now, let me tell you why that makes me happy. I came on this podcast, and I, and I just needed to find it, and told you that Happy Together and Fam would be canceled very quickly. Now, I taped every episode of Fam, knowing full well, I told you on this podcast, and you're like, what the hell is Fam? What is he talking about? It's that one with Gary Cole and that really hot girl and Tone Bell. And... I watched every episode because Gary Cole was so funny. He was playing like a father. Now, I knew it was going to be canceled. I mean, I knew it. I mean, that's the thing. You're just sitting there. And you're like, why are they even spending so much money on this when they could be feeding, well, Dave Juskow for one, or a very small nation when it would be very clear that we would all go to the taping of this and being like, are they kidding? So it's just funny that they even bothered. Meanwhile, I so I fast forward all to Gary Cole's part, or when that girl was wearing something sexy because she was really hot, and that's how I watch TV. Clearly, they must know that, which is why they would dress her in these outfits. But the Gary Cole part was—I mean, he was—he's great. He's so funny. And once in a while, if uh, the father, the black father in it, um, I can't think of his name, but he's a Broadway guy, Brian Stokes Mitchell. If he would sing, sometimes they'd let him sing. You know, it'd be like if I saw Leah Michelle in something, like that mayor thing. I was going to almost watch that because I think she's sexy, but we know she sings. So if there's an episode where she's going to sing, yeah, I'll tune in. I like when people are known for their singing and they're in a regular show and then sometimes they let them sing. Why not? If you have Adina Menzel in a show and you don't have an episode where she tries to sing something, what is your point of hiring Adina Menzel? So I, I also, for some reason, I keep on watching Murphy Brown. I don't know why. It's horrible. It is horrible. And yet there I am sitting there watching every episode. I'm glad they canceled it. I, I don't know. That one I can't figure out at all. So I, I don't know. And Life in Pieces. I mean, I thought that was canceled. They would bring it back in April. I'm like, what are you doing? The sitcom is is finished. It's funny that they're canceling all that and losing the Big Bang Theory at once, which means they are they could be up for a Dave Jeskow project, let's face it. Maybe I'll just call CBS with my new Gmail address and be like, How are ya? I should just call them up. Why not? Why not? Listen, I don't want you coming on to me. Why not, Stephanie? Come on, come on, Stephanie. I could walk you home. Should have just done it. Shouldn't have asked. Oh, my God, I see this guy crawling, going down a ladder of the crane across the street from me. That must be 
Uh, well, let's see. If I'm on the 10th floor, so it must be 20 stories tall, at least 25 stories tall. He's walking down the ladder of the crane. It's awesome, actually, watching him do it. I don't know why he's not taking the elevator that goes up and down. But it really looks like something out of a movie. I should have been recording this on my phone. Boy, that's balls. That's a lot of ladder walking. It's like It, it just reminds me of a video game I've been playing. He's going for the Batman one, and he's just going from ladder to ladder, and he has to keep spinning around, and then there's another ladder. Maybe that crane doesn't have an elevator. I don't know. That's how you get up there. Maybe that's the end of his day. Yeah, I get off at 3, so I figure, you know, I'll just stop around 247. I hope that building's not going to... I hope that building's not going to block my view of Venus. That was my horrible Martian, Marvin the Martian. Yes, I'm going to destroy the Earth. It blocks my view of Venus. That's that is that I don't do that imitation. I know it was bad. Don't send letters about that. So I, I I'm trying to think. I feel like oh, me and Marina. It was so awesome when we started the show last week. I couldn't believe Marina know it knew it. We were singing along to it because this has been playing in my headphones the whole time when I get sad, and it's so. Speaking of gay, but me and Marina, we were uh, harmonizing. It was really fun. I didn't know she knew it. It was working in this scenario. This is how I opened the show, but it was too much. Everything has its season, everything has its time. Show me a reason and I'll still show you a rhyme. Cats fit on the windowsill, children fill in the snow. So why do I feel I don't fit in anywhere I go? Rivers burn on Today it sounds like an uplifting song. It's not so sad. Sticking to the soul. Sure, it's gay, but what are you going to do? They've just got like show tunes. Deal with it. Rivers belong where they can ramble. Eagles belong where they can fly high. To be where my spirit can run free Gotta find my Can't end on the song though, can't do it Can't say, hey everybody, thanks for a great I just can't do it, I can't do it What do you want me to say? I can't do it <laughs> I, You know, so let's just go back to the, the classic It's just to, I can't, I'm still a man. <laughs> I just can't end on Corner of the Sky, which of course, Corner of the Sky being kind of the biggest joke, like like singing Tomorrow from Annie, you know, it's like just overdone. And, but let's face it, Tomorrow and Corner of the Sky, they are anthems to the sun is going to come out tomorrow. 
And all I need is a corner of the sky, my own corner of the sky, to make things okay again for you, pal. Dave Jeskow. Well, guys, I may have my Selleric family, but I also clearly have my podcast family at well, and I cannot thank you for really the outpouring of of just such niceness. And you know, when you hear about things, people on Twitter and stuff, and people are so mean, it's kind of great when it works the opposite way and people are like really nice people you've never met but people that are just you know you, you get them and we're all in this together and it's just really nice to hear from people sometimes you know I really appreciate it everybody I mean I really really do so obviously you'll uh, you know we'll press on the night fly will continue in a moment <laughs> hello is this working or no, the Nightfly will continue as scheduled because this is, well, this is all I have right now. I don't make any money from it, but, uh, and playing all these songs that are copyrighted certainly ain't going to help. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, ho! But tomorrow, when you hear this, the sun will be shining, at least in New York City, and the weight will be lifted for, you know, seven to eight hours. And then we will see, and hopefully next week, Rachel and Marina will come on and then Memo will just have friends and friends and now I can record in the afternoon and I can have anybody over and we'll all have a good time heading into the summer of Juskow. What? I mean, could it be any other thing? The summer of Juskow. It's a perfect time to be fired. A perfect time of the year to get laid off. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know where I was going with that. Hey, I don't talk like that. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week in mid-May. The weather will turn great everywhere soon. And I'll see you next week on the Nightfly. And remember, somebody's out there.